Hello and welcome to This Woman's Work, a space where you can hear and read about some amazing women, the fantastic jobs they do and the paths that have led them to where they are today. I am here today with Natasha. Hi Natasha. Hello. Could you tell the listener what it is you do for a living? I can. I'm the MD of the Rose Group which is a group of companies that incorporates a builder's merchants, primarily um, aggregate company and a skip and recycling company. So how long have you been the MD for then? So I've been in the business for about 20 years, but MD for about 10. Okay. Right. Well, before, because this is always where I start waffling in different directions. Let's go all the way back first to Natasha at school, college. What were you like? What were you into? Um... Trouble, <laughs> mainly. You into trouble. Into trouble. I have always had a massive, massive problem with authority. Massive right. problem with rules. Uh, don't like being told what to do. Which I suppose it would have been helpful if someone had taken eight-year-old Natasha to one side and said, "Look, your trajectory is that you need to be your own boss." Yeah. Because until you're your own boss, you're never going to be happy. Until you're making the rules instead of pushing against somebody else's. And so I, I, I wish somebody had said that, but. They don't say that to naughty kids, which is what they should say to naughty kids. What they actually just say is, here's a box, we need you to get in it, and then we're going to put the lid on, Um, which is the worst thing you can say, because the more that they tried to contain me, you know, the more I would push against it. Luckily, in some ways, because it was quite a strict school, um, the containment was small enough so that even when I pushed against it, I wasn't doing outrageously naughty things. It's, It's quite good in a way that I was in... I was in North Norfolk, so yeah. there wasn't a huge amount of uh, trouble to find a lot of the time. Um, so I was in quite an idyllic setting and in this sort of very strict school. So, uh, yeah, it it was... You it pushed was, what you could. I pushed what I could, yeah. I guess. Um, but it was a good education, had a really good education, despite my best efforts not to have one. <laughs> um, and went to uni to study theatre. At drama school... Um, the teachers were very, I mean, incredibly condescending. I suppose maybe they were trying to prepare you for the reality of what was out there. But you again, there was me thinking that I wouldn't be put in a box. And actually casting is all about putting you in a box. Mm. Jewish princess, boom. That's all you are, that's all you'll ever be. Oh, and you'll always be, in TV casting, you'll always be the victim because you've got big brown eyes. So oh. that's your, you'll always be the wife that's left. Right. You know, you'll, you'll always get the sad ending. Like this is, and I thought, oh, so here's me thinking I was breaking out and actually all I've done is contain myself even, even further. In a different further. way. Well, in a, in a different way. Yeah. And it was, when you walk Gosh. into a room for an audition and you look around you <laughs> and there's 30 other people that look exactly like you, you'd walk in and you'd think, Oh, I'm not special, am I? You know, there's nothing that really sets me apart from... I found it... Yeah, I found it really, really tough going. And the cherry on the cake was a relationship that had gone uh, horribly, horribly wrong. And my heart was broken. And that was probably uh, the last bit of resistance I had. So it was very much retreat home from London, 
my plan was really to wear pajamas for at least six months and feel sorry for myself yeah, which is fair enough well I thought it was fair enough um my dad said that <laughs> uh you either go to work or I have you committed right. which was so his yeah. his way it was his uh, helpful advice yeah. to me at the time um Aww. I'm still not sure whether I'm I'm grateful or angry about that yeah. so um but I it was it was bizarre because okay I had a university degree but in in theatre and and uh I was back up in Peterborough where there wasn't an awful lot of professional theatre to get involved in um and I and I was kind of angry a little bit I guess at that world and I and I wanted to come away from it but really what else was I good for and I think I thought so your confidence is just very oh, low, very low. It's on the floor at this stage. Gosh. And I thought, well, do you know what I'll do? I've got a reasonable set of academic results here. Teaching seems to be the probably a sensible way to go. Um, but obviously the intake is is annual. And I, and I, as Dad said, had to get a job. And I went and worked... <clears throat> Good <laughs> I can't quite believe I did this, but I went and worked on the trade counter at the Builders Merchants in Peterborough. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and it was the most bizarre experience of my life. It, yeah. I, first of all, I'd done odd jobs in London, obviously to support my acting. So I was quite used to the fact that most jobs involved a computer. Yes. It was 2003. Yeah. So yeah, we're into the noughties. Um, and I walked in this place, there was not a computer in sight, which blew my mind, first of all. And then somebody would come up to the counter and they'd say, oh, I, you know, I'd like a drill bit, please, and a bag of cement, whatever it might be. And I said, okay, and I, I'm still looking for a till, a computer, anything. But no, we had triple carbonate, which anybody oh, under 50 probably doesn't even yeah. know what that is. They can Google it. But, <laughs> and you wrote on the first bit and they had the first layer and then the second layer went up to accounts and you kept the bottom, the bottom layer. And I said, well, how do I know what price it is? And they made it put up this <laughs> about two foot thick, like book with... Um, Polly pockets, we used to call them. But yeah. With all the clear envelopes. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Full of those. And it was just lists and lists and lists. Oh, apparently. My God. I the fact that they were in like this, I guess, because it's just filthy fingers, it isn't was it? It's just mad. And apparently it was in alphabetical order, but it, I mean, it wasn't. It <gasps> just wasn't. And then the other thing that was completely bizarre is I'd been in quite a cosmopolitan um you know center of the world so I thought at the time London and here I am in Peterborough it was like an episode of Ashes to Ashes it's like a weird like a the only thing missing is a builder coming in and kind of like falling in love with you and that kind of thing that's it's a romantic yeah it's It's like that you know the the traditional kind of Christmas movie where girl goes back to small town and realizes that small town is the way to who would play you (laughs) oh who would play you obviously you could play you but if someone else could play you I'd love Rachel Weisz I mean that would be yeah yeah do you know what I liked about them though what I and why I thought actually this is somewhere I can stay for a while is there was no um there was no veils. There was no inauthenticity. From where you just... It was the total opposite. Total opposite. Yeah. People said 
exactly what they thought straight to your face whether you wanted to hear it or not whether it was nice or not but it was really refreshing yeah and that's what I love about construction actually that's probably what's made me stay in the career because people are direct they're honest they're blunt they're to the point yeah and and weirdly I found that just lovely and even though sometimes it hurt my feelings weirdly it built my confidence which is bizarre isn't it because you were you how quickly were you able to interact with that then and kind of oh a couple of months yeah i was i was right in there and i was giving and it sharpens your mind because you have to be quick because you have to give back as quickly as as you're getting it yeah and actually because you're a woman you have to one up it yeah yeah you have to be that bit smarter that bit funnier that bit quicker because i mean how many comments will you have got from guys walking in oh you know yeah just you know don't expect to see you here do you know what you're doing do you know where to find that there was a lot of that but there was also a lot of you know the only people they might see in a day if they're a lone worker like a lot of the white van men are that come in or they might have one like apprentice with them but a lot of them they're on site all day and they're just with men. And then they pop into the merchant, which is their fun for the day, to go and right. pick up some supplies. And then there's more just men. And so to walk in and actually get to interact with a member of the opposite sex, it was like it was like a little treat almost for yes, them. Yes, okay. So actually they were... I mean, there was this revolting coffee machine that sold 20p coffees. And they'd be like... Would you like a cappuccino? I mean, it did not resemble cappuccino. <laughs> it's yeah. so revolting. There's nothing but organic or natural in there. No, is it? it's good all very God, synthetic. powder all the way. But and then you kind of had the range from from those guys to then the guys. That if you had to go in the supply cupboard for something, obviously they found a reason they needed to be in the supply cup, but as right. well, and they would get braver and braver with that, and handsier and handsier. But I think the the thing with that is just you never blink, you never show fear. Yeah. And although that's my experience Gosh. sort of right at entry level with the with the big burly builder, that's also my experience now when I'm negotiating a deal on behalf of 84 other merchants that's worth millions and millions of pounds. Never show fear, never blink. I mean, it doesn't... That's kind of carried me through the experiences yeah. in the storeroom cupboard. Being able to manage men, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it doesn't really matter how manicured and suited they are. Actually, some of those primal interactions, if you scrape off the politeness, it's still pretty much the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Just it's... don't be afraid. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, <laughs> wow. Okay, so obviously like nailed it on the trade counter then and then just thought okay i'm gonna maybe well i was still definitely leaving a hundred percent like <laughs> definitely I, leaving. I, I i loved what, it to go back stuff. to london or maybe or maybe to pick up this teach training yes, idea okay, or yeah. so still still was thinking actually this is more enjoyable than i thought it would be as a for now job yeah okay but there was something in me that thought I cannot leave without computerising this place. And I, God knows why I got a bee in my bonnet about that. It was probably this ridiculously huge, stupid Bible. Yes. Um, and, I, and I thought, no, I have to. I have to get... And 
I was not a computer. I mean, I knew nothing about computers. And then they wouldn't give me a budget to have a new computer program. So I had to take what was a back office accounts program and kind of bastardize it and try and use it as a selling no. front office tool. Um, and yeah, that was that was interesting and glitchy as hell. And I had lots of guys say, the minute you put a computer on my desk, I'm leaving. Right. And those guys now, by the way, 20 years on, when I go up to them and say, can you come out the system for a minute? Huh? They're like, what, what do you mean come out the system for a minute? I'm like, can you turn your computer off just for a Turn my, no. But, and I just thought, do you know what? It'll take six months and I'll, and I'll, uh, and I'll get this computer system up and running and, and then I'll leave because I'll yeah. really feel like I've achieved something and that was important to me. Yeah. Um, and just as it was up and running, the lady who worked in accounts went off to have a baby. Right. And they said, have you ever done accounts before? And I said, no, but I'm willing to learn anything. Wow. Um, I love the fact that it was a woman doing yeah, A woman basically a pro- controlling the money. Of course. Oops. <laughs> Sit up in the most sensible seats. I know. Um, and my stepmom worked in accounts. So she said, I'll just come in and I'll show you the ropes. Brilliant. So she did. Um, and uh, and I thought, well, this makes sense. Because, again, it was short term. It wasn't scary. Yeah. I was committing well, to sort yeah, of... Yeah, non-committal. To yeah. nine months of just covering this maternity leave. Yeah. Um, but, no, that's when... That's kind of really when the bug had maybe bitten more than I thought. I guess by then, and then I sort of made my first... Um, the lady didn't then come back from from maternity. Uh, she decided that she didn't want to go back into a full-time role. So after another kind of couple of years in that role, I then became FD, which I guess was my first big yes. yeah, yeah. kind of uh, step, step up, up, really. Um, and then, and I can't really remember, probably another three years on from that, I realised that I wanted to expand the business I wanted other branches. I wanted to be in control of where the business was going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't just want to... I felt like I was in control of where the business was because I was kind of controlling the finances, but I wasn't writing the strategy. Yes. And that's the more interesting part for me. So I staged a coup. I'm sure you don't call it that, but I'm calling it. Why not? Yeah. And there was five of us on the board of directors... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, my brother was one of them and I was pretty sure which way he was going to vote. Um, but I said, laid out my case of why I should actually be MD. Uh, and the current MD, to his credit, when we had the vote... So he was just retiring, leaving? No, oh. no. That's what I mean, totally staged a coup. Oh, no, he was going, he was going nowhere. <laughs> he was going... I, he I was love it even more. Nowhere. So I just, just went in and went, I want your I just, job. I said... This is my strategy. This is how I take the company forward. I can only do that if I'm in the right role. I'm not in the right role at the Love moment. Um, and the wrong guy is. And the wrong guy is. <laughs> um, and I think, I mean, I was so cheeky. I said, look, this is what I feel your strengths are, talking to the current MD. Oh, God, hang on, I need to back so cringy. Here. No, no, it's not cringy at all. But I need to say, what did, did you book a meeting? What was the meeting no, it was called? A, it was a, a, the monthly board meeting. Right. So they were just there for another reason. Yeah. Oh, proper cuckoo. And I said, I have a presentation. <gasps> I love it. 
And then I said, this is what I want to do. And I, I mean, I think I said five branches in five years, which I did not deliver on. Uh, but there was a pandemic, so in my yeah, defense. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think I said f five branches in five years. And, um, and then, yeah, I said to the current MD, I said, look, do you know how I see you? Oh God, I can't believe I said that. I said, do you know how, <laughs> I said, I think you're really strong in sales and you're really sales driven and that that's what you really need to focus on. And I, and, you know, I see you going forward as a sales director. I okay. think you'd be great in that role. I can imagine saying to your MD, I think you'd be great in that role. In a demotion <laughs> in chat. In a demotion role. I just want to. <laughs> see all the faces that's what i want i want to see all the faces i mean my brother whenever i talk has a look of slight bemusement but more than ever in this moment was the look of there she goes yeah there she goes off she trots um and i put it to a vote i just put it to a vote it wasn't my place to put it to a vote but i put it to a vote and to his credit even the existing md voted for me Wow. To his absolute credit. Um, and how long had he been the MD for? Oh, God. Like, before I'd got there. So, over 10 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, bless bless him. Um, and, I yeah, then I then And they did vote. They didn't just say sit down. No one told you no. to sit down. No. Oh, well, I didn't offer that as a choice. As a choice. <laughs> it was just a... <laughs> It was a yes or no. Choice. It was a, I am taking my moment. I am standing here. I won the vote. And um, yeah, and I started looking for, for a, a piece of ground in, in the next uh But hold on a minute. Town. So you won the vote. And then that, everyone just left the room. Yeah. What then happened? Was there, obviously I have so many questions, which. Well, no doubt the MD, previous MD, I mean, went home and had a bit of a cry about yeah. it, you would imagine. But his remuneration package stayed the same. Yeah. Is it, does he still um, work there? No. Right. So he did for a long, long time afterwards. And then when we... I suppose that was about 2013 when that happened. And when we then got to the pandemic, um, we closed immediately, knee-jolt reaction. Yeah. And then I realised that building was carrying on. Yeah. So... I thought, okay, blimey. So after about a week, we reopened, but course, we only yeah. reopened with an absolute skeleton staff. Right. And that was a really interesting moment for me. These things often force you to rethink things, don't they? Because well, I think it did a lot with businesses, didn't huge, it? Huge. Yeah. Because you thought, I need to bring back one driver, one member of counter staff, right. one yardman. So you have that feeling of, one, who do I trust the most? Yeah. Who can do the most amount of work? And you realise quite... Like... Who your team are. Yeah. And the funny thing is about that is that the counter member of counter staff I brought back, he's now branch manager. Aww. Because it was that moment that made me realise out of all of the sales team there, there's no one other than him that I'd want to be in yeah. there. And I thought, yeah. well, so why on earth is he on the trade counter? Right. You know, and two years later, he sort of then moved his way up and I sort of pushed him up all the way. And then, yeah, he's now he's now branch manager. And so th that was it was hugely revealing that the pandemic weirdly in a lot of ways. But gradually over time, 
okay, I'll bring back the next driver and the next yardman and the next salesperson. This kept but again, happening. again, always had to make those decisions each time. Each time. Who's not going to rock the boat? Yeah. Who's going to work? Because we've had all these weird and wonderful systems in place. You had to have this. You couldn't print anything. So this had to go to their phone and they had to look at that. So nothing changed hands. No of one was touching. Course. So the computer systems were having to work harder than ever, you know, because we were still quite papered. Everything's still got printed off. See, now we've never gone backwards. Nothing's printed off even now. Wow. So, it, again, it forced us on that next level. Yes. Um, so I kept having to think, who's really good on the computer? Who gets on with the existing people that are back? Who won't rock the boat? Who won't cause me any problems? Because I'm also trying to homeschool. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so I need everything to be smooth. Yeah. I need everything to be running, running well. So, and it got to the point where... I realised there was only one person I hadn't brought back. <laughs> and it was him. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. what does that tell me? And then I brought him back and he couldn't keep to the systems and I re furloughed him yeah. after a week. Yeah. And he took that as the final insult, being re furloughed. Yeah. Um, he then came and said, yeah, no, I want, I want out. Yeah. I want to offer me a package, I want out. I know you have a little life in you yet. I know you have a lot of strength left. I know you have a little life in you yet. I know you have What characteristics do you think you have? I think we've already touched on this quite a bit, haven't we? That you think make you really good at this, really good at your job. Um, I think I made my characteristics into our company's core values. Brilliant. Um, because I felt that they were so intrinsic to, one, it being a nice place to work, but also to our success. And one of them we've touched on is, is change, is evolution, is there's a poster on the wall at work that says, I never want to hear anyone say, we've always done it that way. Mm. I, can't, I can't, I can't, it makes my neck tick. Yeah. Um. So keep learning, keep changing, keep evolving. I mean, that's be a sponge, not a brick. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we sell bricks. Uh, I think that's, that's really, really important. Every day's a school day. I love that. Yeah. I love that saying. Um. And then diversity, and I don't mean that as in ticking a box because we've got someone of this religion or culture or woman or man. I mean diversity of thought. Yeah. So my board of directors now, I strongly nearly always disagree with at least two people on there. Right. To the point where I huff out of a board meeting. Yeah. And then I think about it. And then I think, actually, there's a point to that. Yeah. So it's, it's running it as a democracy and not an autocracy so yeah. it's it's definitely believing in that in diversity of thought I, I read a book in the pandemic it was it was brilliant black box thinking um and then i went on to read uh, rebel ideas both by he was a table tennis champion whose name i know oh, i can't well, remember oh God, what i love that but they were literally game-changing you know he says at the beginning of one of the books that the reason 9-11 happened was because the CIA were all white Christian men and they right. didn't take and I quote a man in pajamas who lives in a cave seriously yeah yeah whereas had they had 
just one Muslim member yeah. or one person who understood that culture who would turn around and say, actually, prophets live in caves. Actually, prophets dress like this. Actually, everybody's listening to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, actually, he is gathering a following. And it's... Uh, I don't work in counter-terrorism, but I do recognise that if you don't have diversity of thought on a board, you're, you're dead in the water. Um, and then communication as you probably noticed yeah. i really love to talk yeah. <laughs> a lot um but because of that i talk to people all the time about um and it's that humility to to talk to realize where you're getting it wrong to understand what you could be doing better to um to listen to everyone because I mean, I, I go around next Thursday, you know, this Thursday, I'll go around with my Santa hat on because I am tragic, Aww. delivering boxes of cheer, I call them. Uh, but they're just little boxes with silly Christmas treats in, some wine, some nibbles, shortbread biscuits, Aww. matchsticks, things that you have to have yeah, in your home absolutely. at Christmas. And I, I go around and deliver them and I'll chat to each member of staff as I go around. It started off as a quaint and lovely idea 10 years ago. Now I'm like, oh! <laughs> I've got to get to Kings Lynn, Corby, Huntingdon, two branches in Peterborough. Oh and there's, gosh, there's loads yeah. of people. And now it's turned more into a marathon and less of a fun day out. they're expecting it now as well, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. definitely. So, um, yeah, being open-minded, chatting loads and being really, really open-minded. Well, you had to be. You've had to be open-minded, haven't you, to have even considered the job that you ended up in. 100%. Stick at it. Yeah, and grow and develop it. You've had to have been very open-minded, and I'm, and, you know, and I'm, and I'm plain talking as well. And I think that's what I love about this industry, certainly in comparison to to acting, is that people tend to speak their mind. And I don't like decoding messages. I want to know if someone well, likes they speak something. Their tell mind. me, and it's also um, it's probably not devious, is it? Do you know what I mean? No. There's probably not a hidden agenda. It's like no. I don't like that. I'm telling you I don't like it. Okay, so what what parts of your characteristics are a bit more challenging then? Do you find you struggle with or other people struggle with or Yeah, I mean the same thing could be said of the things that other people struggle with. I I don't hold back. I yeah. do say what I think. And whilst being honest and upfront and straight talking is great, um there is a time and a place and sometimes I don't pick the time or the place. Right. You know, so that's, that can be problematic. And the other thing is, and I used to apologize for this a lot, probably gasped it by a succession of awful men. <laughs> um, but I am very emotive. If I am upset, you will know. You can tell it. Yeah. Now in a personal situation, that's fine. And that's healthy. But in a work situation, Hmm. I get shouty. <laughs> sometimes get a bit cry. I mean, you know, I'm, I might sometimes lose the odd bit of dignity if I feel yeah. really passionately about something. Um, and there are loads, and I have learnt, I have learnt that you catch a lot more flies with honey than vinegar. Mm. Um, and so I have learnt sometimes when all the emotions are bubbling, 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 and when I keep an emotion in, my throat gets tight. Oh, okay. Uh, because it's lit. I, I physically embody my emotions to yeah. such a degree. 
too much with the Stanislavski and acting technique, probably, that you must <laughs> embody it. Brilliant. Um, and I feel it creeping up my throat. And whereas before, I would have to then release it because it, yeah. was, it was right under my chin. I'd have to let it out. Now the brain does kick in and say, if you want to do it, do it. But the outcome will not be the one you want. So right. do it. If you want to do it, girl, go for it. But it won't get you your desired outcome. Okay. And in that situation, I'll often say, I'm going to make a cup of tea. Right. <laughs> or I'm going to go to the loo. And I'll go and make a cup of tea. I'll just cut. And sometimes if I really am going with you catch more flies with honey, I'll make the whole room, including whatever asshole is pissing me off, a cup of tea. Right. And then I'll come back in the room. I'll give everyone their tea. I always keep a stash of biscuits if it's in my office. Yeah. <laughs> Get the biscuits out. And then I say, look, the way that we need to go at this is, and more often than not, that gets the desired outcome. But the trouble is, and I guess my toxic trait, is that my brain can holler all it likes. Yeah. Time to go make a cup of tea. But if I want to really say it, my God, I'm saying it. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. And then I end up not with the desired outcome. So what's next for you in your career then? Now that you're MD, I feel like another wow. meeting um, might happen. And what would that be? Gosh, can you imagine if someone else staged a coup? <laughs> I'd be outraged. Who, Who could do it? Like, no. Do you know my, my brother said to me, because he's my older brother, so it, it does kind of feel weird sometimes. But he said... You won't ever ask me to go out and do what you do, will you? Don't don't ever ask me to go and meet all them people and yeah, do yeah. all those. So you keep perfect, doing it. So it's great. Yeah. It's great. No, we work together brilliantly. I think for me now, um, the juggling act, which has been, you know, being a, a predominantly single mum, sort of yeah. from Dexter being seven to now being almost 12, um... I think that gets easier in some ways going forward. So I feel like I'm entering a phase of my life, uh, which is I will be mourning the loss of a little boy, welcoming in a teenager. Um, and I think that I will cope with that in a totally psychologically unsigned manner of just working harder yeah. <laughs> and doing more and focusing on well, my other baby. You're less needed at home, aren't you? I am, I am less needed. And I've always said that I have two babies, you know, the business is one and, and Dexter is the other and Dexter's not a baby anymore. No. Um, and he will still need me, but in very, very different ways. ways. Um, and... I want to, I don't want to get bigger necessarily. For a long time, I thought that was the play. Right. Bigger, 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 bigger. More branches, more branches, yeah. more businesses. Let's let's spin as many plates as we can at the same time. And, and that's what makes me successful. I think my definition of success has changed completely. Wow, interesting. Um, I don't want to be the biggest. I, I don't want to open more branches. Okay. What I actually see now is a period of consolidation, of building a really strong team. The team is super strong in places and then there's little gaps here and there. And of actually creating a business that allows me to sit outside of it. Yeah, I was wondering, yeah. That's what I want to do now so that I can... 
you can address your own work-life balance yes and so that I can I think only when you step back I remember doing theatre studies at university and they said that the whole of plays and theatre changed the moment the Eiffel Tower was built the turn of the century because all of these playwrights who had been writing these sort of very intimate family dynamic plays suddenly went up the top of the Eiffel Tower and it was the first time that a lot of normal people had actually seen the world from above. Right. And it was this absolute catalyst of change that when you get distance and perspective, actually the way that you think about the world and things is changed forever. And plays just went... It was one of the most creative periods in playwriting. Wow. And I, and I think that about parenting and about business, sometimes you need to get a bit further away so that you can look in and think, okay, that's what we need to do or that's how we need to move forward. Or yeah. if you're in the trenches every day, you're never going to win the war. No. You know, I do think you just have to pull, pull back. Pull back. Um, and that's, that's what I'd like to do. And... I always want to keep rewriting the rules. So kind of rewrite the rules of what a work day should look like. Yeah. What the job of an MD is even, you know, wow. how I how I steer the whole ship forward. But ultimately, I want to make sure that a business that's been around, there's different parts of the business, some were only started in the 80s, but some were started in the 1880s, you know. Wow. So to make sure that this kind of... This legacy. This can... legacy is is carried forward. Yeah. I mean, so I ne- love, uh, the, there's a guy who lives in the village that has a business that he's literally just given to the employees, which wow. I don't think Texas would ever forgive me, but it yeah, is yeah. a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, is yeah. that sort of thing, building it, uniting it, and then taking forward something that in some way you then give back. You give back. So what next is actually kind of regrouping? Yeah, definitely. And I definitely think because 2024 is going to be one of those weird, yeah. hold your breath years. Okay. It's like, let's actually have a little look at what we're already doing well, Yeah. what we're doing badly, but very much consolidating, very much saying this is where we are and this is who we are and let's build on this. Let's stop kind of chasing the end of the rainbow let's Mm. let's stop running away into the distance actually let's look at what's here and what we perhaps need to fix about what's here and also Mm. what we can do to make not just my work-life balance better but it's a tough industry you know we start at seven o'clock in the morning and finish at five it's seven to five and it's saturday mornings yeah and when i spoke to a lot of other merchants we all got together last week in stanford i organized it hence why i was in stanford yeah i was like i'm not driving um (laughs) They all said, oh, they now open between Christmas and New Year. And I thought, oh, really? And I just thought of the looks on my staff's faces as I said to them, yeah, do you know what? I think now we're going to open between Christmas and New Year. Year." It it is a really tough industry. So I think it is looking at ways where you can create that work-life balance for everyone. We've got a really bad track record of women coming back from maternity because you try coming back to seven to five. I mean, that's that's tough hours and we've got um a lady coming back this year and it's looking with her okay so how can we make this work what can we do to make this work because you're not going to attract new talent into an industry where like you have said that 
I think that next generation has such a wide choice of what they want to do. Yeah. You know, what's going to what's attract going to people appealing? into our industry yeah. when we say, well, it's seven to five, you can't work from home, it's office-based yeah. because you're selling to the general public and, and to builders, and it's, you know, Saturday mornings, it's not great pay, not uh, to begin with anyway. Um, I mean, yeah, you're that's, not selling it you're right now. not <laughs> selling it. And yeah. I, so I think it's you're looking at ways where... Yeah, not let's not keep getting bigger. Let's not keep getting making life harder for everyone. Let's actually look at ways where we can turn a sensible profit, but people are excited about going to work. Well, you're making life better, not necessarily bigger, but you're making it better, aren't you? Yes. Wow. Yes. So I think that's what's next. Sounds like a great year. It's a good job that I don't have to float on the stock exchange, though, because words like that, <laughs> that, that would that would not help, would it? No, no. Well... <laughs> Well, I don't know, if Elon Musk, I mean, let's face it, you could tell... <laughs> He's bouncing off Disney the walls, anything would tell. Uh, F himself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what... My two final questions are always, what life advice would you give your younger, your younger self? Um, could be school, uni, drama school, any life advice you would give your younger self? I would say that the loudest voice should be the one inside. Ah, because um so you're talking intuition and gut feel and gut feel the kind of little girl that you carry around inside you who's not been hurt or battered about by life who knows her own mind that voice it's taken me till now to actually tune back in and start listening to that more and the minute I get butterflies in my tummy listen to them Ah. the minute that you know that moment just before some really awful things have happened in my life the hairs on the back of my neck have stood up and yeah. yet I've carried on out of politeness and people pleasing oh people pleasing oh don't ever 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 be a people pleaser I mean that's don't do it don't do it because you get so yourself in situations girls, so common no. so common but the most danger as a woman you will ever find yourselves in is when you think, oh, well, I'll stay to be polite. Mm. Or, oh, I'll do that because he might be upset if I don't. Yeah. You know, ah! Run, run for the hills. But in work as well as in personal life, if, if, if your tummy gives you butterflies, if you're excited about something, listen with that. Keep doing what you're doing. If the hairs on the back of your neck stand up or you get goosebumps, listen to those. Listen to your own voice. If the loudest voice inside your head is your dad's or your husband's, or your bosses, that you're going wrong. Your voice should be your loudest yeah, voice, yeah. always, always. That is amazing advice, <laughs> amazing. The final question then, which can be exactly the same, um, is Is there any other life advice that you would, rather than your younger self, that you would throw out into, into the world for everyone? Um, I don't think we can help the wounds we sustain as we go through life. I think they're inevitable from our parents, from teachers, from our upbringing, whatever it may be. But I think it is your responsibility to heal those wounds through whatever means necessary. And it doesn't have to be traditional therapy, although I would strongly recommend uh, therapy to anyone because if you don't heal those, the pain you then inflict on other people whether that be your children, your employees, whoever it may be, 
that's then your fault. Mm. It's it's not the fault of, you know, whoever inflicted that harm on you. It's it's your fault. So I'm very aware that whenever I act out of character, whenever I'm unreasonable, whenever I'm short-tempered, whenever I make snap decisions, wrong decisions, it's nearly always as a result of unhealed trauma. trauma. And I have to take responsibility for that. Nobody else. And I think it's our responsibility not to pass that on to the next generation. So, or to other people. Or to other people. So, yeah. It, heal your own wounds is definitely the advice that I'd give to people. Again, brilliant, brilliant advice. And with that note, thank you very much, Natasha. Thank you. If you would like to hear more about this chat, see some behind-the-scenes pics and some personal profile pics, plus read about how to get started in this industry and or this role, then please go and support us on Patreon. The link is on this podcast page and across all of our socials. Sincere thanks in advance.